Welcome back to Locked On NFL Draft. It's a brand new week and things are starting to change. Did this weekend set the stage for who is actually in the upper echelon of the quarterback class and who may not be? What happened to Cincinnati on both sides of the ball? What does that mean for this upcoming draft? And a couple of wide receivers that we got to start talking about. Welcome into a brand new week. This is Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And as always, joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy. Ryan, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. It's getting down to that time, right? It's cold and it feels like football weather. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I went to a, a couple of high school football games and I mean, it was freezing cold. I was all layered up, had the hot hands and watching some really cool young kids, the, the, the future of college football. But there were a couple of quarterbacks and, you know, you had uh, Malik, Malik Willis against Matt Corral and, and trying to see what guys are going to separate themselves in this class. But they got a chance to play against each other. All right. And. What was one of your just kind of takeaways immediately just from watching that game? For me, it, it's about how you rise to the occasion or don't really. Yeah. And I, and I know for Liberty, this is as a team, this is not the same structure, right? You're, you're facing right. a high end uh, conference defense versus, you know, some journeymen, right? So you can't say it's apples to apples, but here's the, the key. These two guys are talked about in the same breath. And that is Matt Corral. And Malik Willis in terms of being in that upper echelon, that day one possibles, definitely top 100 type quarterbacks, right? And so even though you, as Malik Willis, you have the, the higher obstacle to climb in that defense that you're facing, it's about can you raise your game? And clearly, I think these two guys went in total opposite directions and, and really gave away that who should be in that top echelon and who should be a day two guy. Yeah, it, it was tough because going into it, that was my thought process where it's like, gosh, you know, you have, you have Malik uh, Willis, and his team is definitely overmatched, right? From just a talent perspective, you have an SEC team against Liberty, right? Not really fair. But for me, it was more so about just what it looks like and what mm -hmm. NFL things do I see Malik Willis do on a consistent basis? And I thought that – I didn't see that, right? Like, um, I mean, he got sacked a ton of times, I think, really just in the first, like, 17 or 18 minutes of the game, he had been sacked already like five times. And yeah. a lot of it I thought was from him trying to play hero ball. There, there was one play early on. And again, these are things that you can be taught and he, he, you can teach or coach these things out of him. But he had rolled out right and he's scrambling around and he's scrambling around. I'm like, okay, throw the ball away. And he didn't. He tried to like make, I don't know, five guys miss. And it's like, that's not going to happen. And he ends up getting sacked for like a 10 yard loss and kind of putting them behind. And that wasn't even like a third down play. It was like first or second down. So those were things where I'm like, okay, definitely his clock is a little sped up. Uh, I thought he definitely could have did better at the anticipation throws. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I remember listening to Kyle Shanahan talk about quarterbacks. Uh, this was 2017 and he was talking about CJ Beathard. But one thing that he, you know, talked about as far as like completion percentage, he didn't really care so much about completion percentage that's high because there's so many manufactured completions in college football. It's the NFL throws that you're able to make and, you know, just the timing in which you do it. So 
I was watching him throw Malik Willis throw an out route and he was late and the, and it ended up being, you know, the receiver got hit, the ball ended up popping out of his hands instead of dropping back and understanding, okay, he's going to make his break. I'm going to get this ball out. He puts it on him. Now his receiver has a chance to catch the ball and turn up field, but him late and having to see it open before he throws it. I thought that was an issue there. And I thought that was an issue throughout this game that made it more difficult, right? Like your offensive line is already overmatched and you are struggling to really throw with that anticipation and see things before it happens. And maybe this was one of the first times that he's had to do that because mm -hmm. the teams that he plays against Liberty is usually as good or if not better, but when you play against a team that's better than you and now you have to face a little bit more adversity, what does that clock look like? What does it look like on the field? And I think from that standpoint for him, he didn't pass the test with that. But again, I understand the circumstances. His team is overmatched, but I didn't think he really helped. As a matter of fact, I thought his running backs helped more than anything with Mac. And <laughs> I, I, I can't even think about the other kid's name, but number one, I thought those guys were really good, but I thought Millie Kim, uh, Millie Willis, I, don't, I didn't think he helped as much as he could have. That I would same thing in my notes. Um, just run the ball more, help the kid out. Right. Because I wanted to see him, like you said, on NFL type throws. And I wonder what, Cal Shanahan would say today if, if the NFL has drifted more towards the college game and maybe yeah. completion percentage is a more important stat than it used to be five years ago, right? Because I know I track it more and more because of what the NFL is stealing. But for Willis, it's it, it was an opportunity to punch above your weight and make yourself stand out, right? And by it's one thing to try and extend a play because you have something cooking. It's another thing to just really run around for your life because you're trying to make a play rather than being smart about it. And I think NFL scouts definitely make a differentiation between he's a smart guy who's taking what's there and protecting his team by not throwing the ball up for grabs a couple of times. And this was just a mismatch all the way around. I think he hurt his stock on the other side. I think Corral looked, you know, for those who are saying, oh, he uses his legs too much. This was kind of a turnaround for him too, wasn't it? Yeah, I, you know, I thought he threw the ball well. There were a couple of times where he threw the ball downfield. One, it ended up being kind of this kind of uh, like I don't want to I don't want to call it a jump ball, but it was contested. They had two guys there. His receiver ended up coming down with it, but it was good to see him just air it out, right, and give his receiver opportunity, put the ball in the in the in the area where his receiver could potentially make a play, and the ball traveled over fifty five yards in the air. So that was one thing where you know if you have any questions about his arm strength, that should have answered it. Him being able to throw the ball downfield, be comfortable, let it rip. And put it in a place where his receiver can get a ball. I mean, uh, catch it. I thought that was tremendous. So I saw that one. There was another one early in the game down the right sideline that he threw, and another terrific ball. Uh, hit his receiver in stride. Uh, big gain, and he just really looked comfortable pushing the ball downfield, and not just pushing the ball downfield. I thought on intermediate throws, he came out. He, you could tell he had to settle down through a few hot, through some high, missed some throws. There was one where he had a window to the right. And he threw it like behind his receiver where it was a big open area. He had all the space in the world to be able to throw it to where his receiver caught it and run, ran. But he threw it behind him. The receiver tried to adjust and ended up dropping it. But I thought he recovered well. He settled down well. And I thought he made a lot of throws that you would like to see him. Even some of the short, quick game stuff, I thought he did well with that as well. He solidified himself up there at the top, right? I think so. It's trending that way. And I don't know if we've talked about this class with Rob Rain. Mm -hmm. It's not a great class, right? I don't know if we're going to have just the high profile guys. So 
Yes, I believe Matt Carell is kind of solidifying himself at the top and kind of separating him from some of the other guys in this class. But what does that really mean when right. it's like, you know, Rob has him, what was it, the 20th overall prospect? Uh -huh. And I mean, there's some people and some scouts that might even have him lower on their board. So that's a tough thing we're going to have to try to figure out down the line. Like, is, is he the QB one because the rest of the class isn't great? And where would he stack up in like last year's class? And I think right, you have exactly. to kind of view it from that standpoint. <laughs> and and <clears throat> him and Pickett clearly seem to be the two that are separating themselves. But where they fall is completely independent of the fact that your QB is one, two or three. Right. There's another QB that I think we have to talk about him and his defense. They had a big game. We'll talk about Cincinnati coming up next. All right, guys, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You have another one that lets you stream your favorite shows and you're watching your sports highlights on your phone. If you got your neighbor's best friends, log in for all this good stuff. Well, I want you to know that there's a much simpler way to go about your entertainment that you love without the hassle. And it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like you've never seen before. So you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of all the clutter that you have and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream by going to DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by the package. Okay, I've been I've been looking forward to this one because this this game irks me. I realize everyone in Cincinnati is all frustrated. Number six in the, in the college playoff rankings, right? So let's go out and prove it. Then let's go take it out on somebody, somebody you know that is probably overmatched as well, like Tulsa. But no, you don't. I don't know if if I've been more disappointed in somebody that had a reason to play hard and wasn't able to pull it off. In anybody else this season, like this, this frustrated me. How do you feel about a Ritter, but be the, the whole team, including all the defensive projects? Well, that's been the issue, right? And the, the college football playoff uh, rankings came out and they had Cincinnati down and there were people were like, oh man, they should be higher. They're undefeated. And then it's like, we've talked about it on the show. Like, uh, I don't think they're in the same caliber as some of these other programs that are at the top or have played more competition, you know, week in and week out. And Cincinnati in the games, aside from the – you always bring up the Notre Dame game. They did play well there. Mm -hmm. They did win that game. But yep. the other games, they have been, like, very underwhelming. And I thought this was another one that could have easily went the other way and resulted in a loss. <laughs> what if four downs? It could have gone the other way, right? <laughs> Typically, when you have the quarterback that is definitely more dominant, that quarterback is able to kind of elevate the team. And not just him. I mean – I think Cincinnati just in general is better. We're going to talk about some of their defensive guys, but they just have the better team. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, they continue to get in these tight games. And I can't help but look at the quarterback and think, what, who, who are you? Because, you know, a better quarterback just, you know, makes all the plays, makes the throws, you know, runs with his legs, does these things. And all the things he's definitely capable of doing, but he's not doing it consistently enough throughout games or at least – doing it to the point where it's game-changing plays to separate him. I mean, we just talked about Matt Corral against Malik Willis. And, you know, even looking at that game, like, Corral made enough plays, made enough throws, you know, even taking off a couple times with his legs, like, to really kind of separate that gap. 
and mm -hmm. have a defense that's doing their part too. Cincinnati has some of the same structure, but it's just not working out that way. And I have to look at the quarterback who's not helping take this uh, team over the top. We talked about this quarterback class. But you know, where is Ritter going to stand with everybody? Exactly. Like maybe a week ago, I might have said he's, he's in that top three. Maybe he could separate himself. But th this is bothersome for me because you can you can make whatever complaints you want. And I'm just looking at the end of the play call sheet, right? So the, the last three drives, downs, fumble, fumble, end of game. So this tells you how how futile this game was for at the end for both teams. But it comes down to this. You're trying to, if you're Desmond Ritter, make that that statement that I deserve to be in the conversation at the top of the draft class for the quarterback most important position in the NFL. But on a play call that requires me not to, to take a step back and deal because they're on like the two yard line, I believe is where it was spotted uh, when they took this, that you just have to move forward. You can still hit your knee, but when you cough up a ball on your own two yard line, giving the other team four downs to take this game from you, that is one of those things that at the back of my mind, I always leave a note that, can he perform under the, the harshest conditions? Can he be the guy that no matter what will not give his game up on his back? And I don't know that I can say that about him anymore. I think this hurt his stock, at least in my mind, this is going to be a big asterisk on his evaluation. I don't know about the rest of the league. How big a deal is it to you? I mean, it, it, it's a big it's a big thing because you want to see him elevate his team, elevate that roster. And I think that's the part where you're the one guy that has the opportunity to do it and has all the ability, but it's just something about it is not clicking. And again, you see the arm, you see the athleticism, you know, you see the height, you see all the things that are going to be intriguing to pro scouts, but on the field, I don't think it's been dominant enough, right? You, you look at, you know, some of these quarterbacks look at a, you know, a Carson Wentz or even like a Trey Lance that come from, a smaller, you know, program in the sense of, you know, FCS level, whatever, but they dominated their opponents, right? Like when they had to, mm -hmm. like they, they did that, they dominated, they put their team over the top and that's why they ended up winning national titles uh, uh, as well as their teams just being good in general for that level. I'm not seeing the same dominance from Ritter. So yeah, that's a little worrisome. Yeah. I mean, and on the other side, you put your defense in a bad spot, right? Uh, two yard line. What do they do? They bow up and they show up and keep that game from getting away from them. A couple of guys that stood out, uh, Jai Sanders led in, in pressures. I want to see a little bit more from him. I thought maybe he would be able to climb through uh, this season as well. I don't, I don't see him as a top tier at this point, but as a defensive end, I, I think he's providing pressure. The guy that still stands out is Ahmad Gardner, right? Performing. Yeah, Gardner. Right, right. It's not, and I'm trying to. I can't remember everybody's nicknames at this point. There's too many. Yeah. Smoke sauce, whatever. It sounds like barbecue to me. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you got to have guys that stand out, right? And and that helps. Um, I thought Sean Pace played pretty good, but I, a couple of uh, key moments was was there along with Brooks, um, another one of their tackles. Like I thought, this said more this game about the defensive prospects than necessarily did about Ritter. Right, and I mean their defense that was. Part of the reason why people really like Cincinnati even last year, right? Going into the college football playoffs, having to play against Georgia, and people were like, oh, no, you know, or not playoffs, but the college football uh, bowl games. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, well, Cincinnati might have a chance because of the defense, right? I mean, like, yeah, they have Ritter, but you look at the safeties that they have, you look at the corners, you have, look at, you know, Kobe Bryant, and obviously Sauce mm -hmm. Gardner, like you mentioned, and defensive line, like, they have a lot of good prospects, but need that quarterback, take them over the top, and I... We'll see how this season closes out, but 
But right now, underwhelming win, and that's why they're not as high as they should be in the college football playoff rankings. Absolutely. There's there are rankings that are out there that uh, we're going to start to get into in the offseason and a couple of, of quiet names, guys, that we probably should be talking about more on the wide receiver spot. We're getting into what Eric saw here coming up next. All right, guys, if you haven't tried Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it doesn't really taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy and just plain hard to kind of eat down. And a Built Bar, it's soft. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you are eating into something that's different. It just tastes so good. It's a great experience, to be honest, one that you'll definitely enjoy. In fact, you'll swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious with so many flavors. Another great thing about Built Bar is there are so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, my, my favorite, and my wife's favorite, salted caramel. You have the double chocolate. My daughter loves that, and cherry barcia. So this month, Built Bar is coming out with a new limited flavor every three to four days. So check back to their website early and often so you don't miss out on everything that they have coming out. The offer is go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off on your order. All right, that's use promo code Lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, guys, we are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. So head over right now to our updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. And how do you get this? Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football to NHL, boxing, UFC, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of these amazing offers throughout the 2021 season. So bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's bet online where the games start. All right. So um, I got to tell you, I didn't get to see all the games this weekend. A couple of standouts you can take from the score sheet, but I want to know who stood out to you at the wide receiver group that I still feel is pretty open here, especially with the, the injury uh, to Drake out at USC. Yeah. So we haven't talked about this guy. I'm not even sure we've mentioned him, but Jahan Dotson, the receiver out of Penn state. And I don't want to just kind of jump on that bandwagon because he did have a, a massive game against mm -hmm. Maryland, 11 catches, 242 yards and three touchdowns. But while watching him and just seeing, you know, the boxes that he checks, it, it was really cool to see. You're talking about someone who definitely has enough size, right? Um, on film, I mean, on the field, not like he looks like this tiny receiver, but just the explosive ability, the big play guy. And again, that's something that, you know, NFL teams have always coveted. You know, watching him, there was one play where he kind of came off the line from the right side and it was like he was like kind of, kind of just finding that open area, then, you know, kind of low the defense to sleep, and then, boom, he hit it right up the seam. The quarterback threw the ball, boom, on the money. But that wasn't the best part about it. The best part to me, because that was like kind of like one of those schemed up things. So even like, you know, when you're evaluating a prospect, you kind of take out like what's schemed up, what's not. You want to look at just the pure ability. And on that play, from a pure ability standpoint, him catching the ball and how he separated from everybody that had angles from him. I said, this guy has some burners. This guy has some jets. That's something that's going to be definitely intriguing to the NFL prospects. So um, 
He scored another touchdown where I thought he did a really good job of setting the defense back up with patience. You had a guy who was playing off and was reading two, so it's probably kind of a maybe a cover four or, yeah, some type of uh, kind of cloud coverage cover four. You could tell that the corner was off and reading two from kind of like this like kind of a shuffle. And Dotson did a t- terrific job of getting into the cornerback's blind spot. And right as the corner got his eyes to Dotson, Dotson came back this way and, I mean, just made it look easy. So everybody's going to look at that play and they're going to be like, oh, the corner, he was just so bad. But, no, I thought the receiver did a really good job of setting it up with patience, hitting it with just enough speed, and being able to get into the cornerback's blind spot and then cross his face for an easy touchdown. This dude is smooth. He's electric. He His hands, I think, are probably something that, will give a little bit of worry to some scouts. That part yeah. of it has to improve. But I've always said it, and I say with receivers, right, Terrell Owens, he was a guy who sometimes would, like, lead the league in drops, or, like, a Des Bryant, right? He'd have his drops. But if you are a guy that's going to make big-time plays and you're going to have 11 catches for 242 yards and three touchdowns, I can live with a drop here and there because you have that ability to overcome that and really make up for it. So – Big-time prospect, Jahan Dotson. That's a guy, and we'll get more in-depth with just his overall skill set. But so far, especially with yesterday, there was a there was a lot to like. Well, and for me, he has two of those things that you mentioned. A, knowing how to attack a player, how, how to work that CB in front of you, right? How to get him turned and then take advantage of it instantly. That's something that takes experience. It takes understanding angles on that DB. But the thing for me especially when I look at what happens at the next level is can you be dynamic within your route or within your assignment necessarily, if it's, if it, you're the backside receiver or whatever it is. And that, that ability to, like you said, play at, at speed, but then still have that extra gear that accelerate away is the difference maker at the next level for guys like Tyreek Hill. That is one of those things that when you can hit that gear, that will separate you, not just on the field, but it'll separate you from other receivers. And I, I think this was another demonstration of what he can be over the top end. Uh, again, more positives than the negatives on the drops, right? Right. And we talked about, you know, just another receiver that has that big playability. And this is a guy, I think, because he transferred from uh, Ohio State, you know, and he comes to. Alabama and everybody's thinking, oh, John Mechie, John Mechie, like that's the guy. And all of a sudden this guy, Jameson uh, Williams, I mean, he is killing it. Yesterday he went off with two, 10 catches, 160 yards and a touchdown. But he's a guy who's definitely taking advantage of this opportunity. He showed everything. They look to get him the ball every which way. And again, I mean, they have Mechie and Mechie isn't like a non-factor. He had, what, nine catches for like 70 yards. But Mm -hmm. Williams has been the guy. And when they need their young quarterback, Bryce Young, to lean on somebody, is him. They He works, and I like this about him, he works every level of the field extremely well, whether it's behind the line of scrimmage, the short to intermediate routes, that kind of 10 to 20-yard range, as well as the vertical threat. He's showing all that. He's showing to be electric. He's showing to be dependable. He's another guy. He's kind of carrying that offense a little bit and making it be more explosive. But, you know, you got Jameson Williams. He's a guy who's, again, not being really talked up a lot. And I think maybe it's because he, you know, the breakout thing. And I know a lot of people look at breakout age, you know, when mm-hmm. a guy has his big year. He's a junior, but he's definitely having his big year right now. He's standing out big time. Yeah, he's a guy that I think is pushing right now to, to make himself maybe the better prospect in some teams' eyes. Yeah. The ones that are looking for the over-the-top aspect of it. I, do you think that – well, let me say it this way. 
I feel that he wouldn't be having this kind of uh, explosive season if it wasn't for Mechie being on the field as well. I think you have to give credit to the guy that is drawing attention that has been on the film before, right? But what does this do to Mechie's stock in your mind? I think it, it, I mean, it pushes him down. Now, we've seen, you know, these scouts, if you're just talented and you have all the ability, then they're not going to care, right? You look at the numbers for Mechie as opposed to Williams and you know, Mechie's numbers, they're, they're not up there. You know, yeah, Mechie averaging 11 yards per catch, while Williams is averaging 19 yards mm-hmm. per reception. So you see just one player is definitely looking more explosive. But we also saw a couple years ago Henry Ruggs, and, you know, we know everything that he's going through his situation. But Henry Ruggs coming out, you know, he was the prospect that, you know, he wasn't nearly as productive as, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Judy, as Devontae Smith. But he was the first guy taken in the class of – receivers even in that class that were way more productive in college right you had uh you know like i said jerry jerry judy cd lamb yeah. justin jefferson uh you know michael Pittman, t higgins the list goes on and on of all these guys that had high level production he didn't have that but he still went high so when you look at mechie and maybe him kind of taking the back seat i'm not saying he's going to do that because rugs had one thing and there's that pure speed right that game breaking speed that kind of shot him up to charts but i do think regardless of you know, Williams potentially being the better prospect, he'll still get those looks because he's a good receiver as well. Just not near, not as explosive as Williams. <laughs> right. And and that seems to be what teams are looking for now because they are taking chances on guys like Ruggs. Uh, and that's, that over the top thing is what's stretching, especially as we see more cover two, uh, cover four defenses in the league. That may be lending itself towards what can you do to break that apart Speed is one of those things that will always help. So that's it for us today, folks. I hope you uh, are feeling good about where this college season is. We're getting to the point where we can start really breaking down these prospects and getting a feel for not just where they've been, but where they're going at this point. We'll have more for you tomorrow. Croc, that was a pretty good weekend of college ball, wasn't it? Definitely was. Now it's time to uh, watch some of these NFL games. (laughs) Thank you, folks. You all have a great day. We will talk to you tomorrow.